Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 7, Episode 40. This is Writing Excuses, live at Gen Con, writing... Writing the Other with Maurice Broadus. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. And Maurice, introduce yourself, please. Um, my name is Maurice Broadus. I write uh, urban fantasy mostly, although when I think of urban fantasy, I think... I'm saying things that people aren't hearing when they're hearing <laughs> urban fantasy. Right. Um, uh, my series is called The Knights of Breton Court, but um, I also write uh, science fiction, horror, fantasy, uh, usually in the short story uh, area. And then I'm also the editor of a series called uh, uh, Dark Faith, a Dark Faith anth- anthology series from okay. Apex Books, um, which all the stories in, in the anthology turn on the idea of faith. Oh, cool. So basically faith and race are pretty much right where I am in awesome. terms of my writing. Awesome. And uh, you suggested this topic to us. It's a topic that I am very fascinated in. I think it's a topic that a lot of writers need to, every writer needs to learn this, and it's writing the other. Um, this, when we mean say by writing the other, we mean writing people who are not like yourself. Other races, other genders, other cultures, um, other sexual identities, all of these things, it's, it's one of the most difficult things to get right in fiction, and it's historically been kind of a stopping, stopping point. For a lot of writers, um, they'll do it poorly, and then it becomes a big dialogue and discussion. Yeah. Um, on the podcast before, I pointed people toward Race Fail, which was a few years ago. Um, just look that up because there are a lot of essays written um, that can expand you know, your understanding of this. But um, Maurice, this seems to be a topic that's interesting to you. Yeah. Um, talk about why. Um, for a couple of different reasons. One um, actually comes from a personal, uh, personal level reason because... I mean, granted, I'm like the only black guy up here on the panel, so you'd think, oh, well, he's an expert on writing <laughs> the other. exactly like the only black guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when uh, growing up, however, and I, I think I have a, a I, I don't even want to think of it as a unique skill set, but mm-hmm. it's coming from a background, I grew up in a household, of a very multicultural household, mm-hmm. even though it was an all-black household. Uh, my mother was from Jamaica. Okay. I was born in London. Okay. And my father's American. Okay. So I grew up the other in my own house. <laughs> right. Uh, my mother actually referred to American blacks as you people on a regular basis. So it's like, so growing up, it's like, all right, so this is part of my future therapy bill that's going to be, you know, I'm exposing you all to. Uh, so I'm, I've always come up, especially growing up black and geek, mm-hmm. to not to put too fine a point on right. things, you know, that doesn't exactly set you off good in the black community, you know. Right. You you are other among others in, in some in, in some sense. So that's kind of how I grew up. So I kind of draw upon that whenever I'm I'm writing, approaching the idea of writing the other. Mm-hmm. Because if nothing else, I think, if, if thinking of it from a writer's point of view, mm-hmm. I mean we've all been in that space where we've been the other. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you're introducing the the reader into your story, I mean, the it's that invitation of you know we're all others. Come on into the story because I'm about to drop you into a whole world that you aren't a part of anyway. So right. I'm basically inviting you in as the other. Right. Okay. 
Um, so let's talk, I mean, let's get into the gritty. How do we do this? Um, uh, usually, you know, okay, let me ask, let's do the negative examples first. <laughs> what do people do wrong? Because it seems those seem kind of sometimes obvious. What are the big red flags? Well, I'm a, uh, sometimes I review books mm -hmm. and uh, someone uh, sent me a book and it's a self-published book um, from the Christian market and, uh, and I thought, well, I'll give this a shot. But So I'm reading this book and it's about this guy who is suddenly getting all these prophetic dreams from God and he doesn't know what to do about them. So he's going through his, his hero's journey and everything and I'm not 50 pages in before he encounters the magical Negro. Right. And I'm sitting there going, oh. No, again, because we have oh, people yeah. who do yeah. not know this is this is jargon. So yeah. let's okay. define the magical negro. So, so the magical negro, and it, it's okay if you say magical negro to me. I'm not going to be offended. I know what the trope is. I've had some people come up and go, the magical, you know, African American guy. Actually, no, that's not in this context. <laughs> right. Um, so basically, think of like a, a Stephen King novel, because he, I, I consider him like the grandfather of the magical negro. Uh, <laughs> You heard it here first, yeah. Stephen King, yeah. grandfather. Yeah, we may have to edit that one out too. Um, so basically, you have basically have an all-white cast uh, taking place in the story, mm -hmm. and then the heroes at a place where they're stuck, and suddenly they encounter this black guy who helps them on their journey. Then, sh you know, more times than not, dies right. soon thereafter. Um, and so that, that's basically the you know and. If you, if, once you hear that pointed out, then you start thinking through every Stephen King story you've ever read and go, oh, oh ooh, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty common trope. And so I'm reading this, this book, and, and like I said, 50 pages in, Magical Negro. You know, okay, I'll give you a wash on that one. Mm -hmm. We'll keep going. Maybe another 50 pages in, uh, there's a, 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 an environmental disaster that happens. And so the hero now encounters a Native American. Oh, Noble and Savage. No, yes. And, and in the scene, I mean, I, I, as I'm reading the scene, I could almost picture the, the, the Native American character like with a tear down his eye, <laughs> you know, as he's encountering this environmental disaster. And I'm like, yeah, no, you can't do that. And so I, as, and that's kind of the frustration where, you know, you, okay, my first question usually when I'm having this argument with this book, uh -huh. since the author's not in front of me, like, hey, do you have no black friends? I mean, seriously, you couldn't have run this by anybody to go, ooh, that's not okay, that's not okay, you can't do that. Um, but for that matter, you know, it's gone, it's, in the self-published thing, it's a little different, but in, right. this is not a pro problem just for no, you know, self-published. No. So there, this goes through a, a series of eyes. It shows up in cinema all yeah. the time, yeah. um, over and over again. And I think digging into why it's such a bad idea, um, I mean, it, it goes, it, it's certainly, number one, it's racially charged. Yes. Um, but if you dig into the storytelling reasons for this, it is basically having a character who's not there to do anything other than help out. Like, right. they don't, they're not a person. Right. They're just like a little plot they, device. Yeah, right. they don't have their own arc. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it stems from people, actually from good intentions of people being like, right. oh, I, I want to have a multicultural cast. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to fall into the trap of making my only character of color to be a bad guy. So I'll make them really, really good. Yeah. Really, they're just, they're a saint. They're an angel, that's it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. really powerful. And yeah. really powerful. <laughs> and, and, and forget all of the other character building aspects. Right. And I'm not gonna say I'm not guilty of this in my own writing, because right. I, I uh, halfway through, the first book of my series is called Kingmaker, and in short, Kingmaker is basically the legend of King Arthur, except told well, in the hood, basically. You know, so I've used homeless teenagers and gang members as, as you know, as, right. as my background. 
And then I realized, you know, cause, you know, I'm all proud of myself. Oh, you know, I can write the other, blah, 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 blah. And then I realized, no, I haven't written the other. This is an all black cast. So I haven't, you know, I haven't written the other, you know, necessarily. But then I realized the only white character I have in my story is a magical redneck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, I think that could be the writing prompt right there. Right. Um, there we go. Well, hey, I'm Bubba. I'm here to help you out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Got my pickup truck right. and some crawfish. You know, I didn't do that, but I can guarantee you my next story, that's how he's going to be. Yes, here we go. fire two times. <laughs> Hey writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, all right, let's stop for our book of the week. <laughs> Um, we're actually going to do a book by Katerina Sedia, um, House of the Scarlet Dreams. Maurice, you read this book? I, I've read this book, and, uh, and I'll, I'll just call her Kathy for short because that's, you know, because we are friends, mm-hmm. and I, I read her book. And uh, House of the Scarlet Dreams is one of those books, because uh, oh, Kathy's background is, she's from the, I can't remember, the Ukraine or? Russia. She's from Russia. Um, but House of the Scarlet Dreams is told from the point of view of a, a young African-American uh, lady, and... Uh, Trying to describe the plot of this of this book is kind of difficult, but because it's just so, I mean, this book is so overcharged with ideas. It's like idea on top of idea on top of idea. So, you know, trying to tell the through story of the of the book is kind of difficult. But the point which uh, which drew me in is how well she wrote the other. Because Kathy's not black, she is a woman, but she she's written this character who I, I I've passed the book around to my friends and and they've read the book and gone, she's written my life. You know, mm-hmm. how she do this? She has written my life. And I think part of that is, again, we're talking about, you know, the, the writing, writing the other. We've all been that other. And so with Kathy, she's had that immigrant experience, which she's drawn upon to, to map out this character. And that story is, you know, I, I've had the immigrant experience with my family being from Jamaica and right. everything. And so that resonated with me in a certain way. But then having the story of, you know, drawing on African folklore and, uh, and fleshing out this character the way she did, I was just, 
amazed, uh, so amazed. I just, you know, picked, as soon as I was done reading, it's like, all right, Kathy, how'd you do that? You know. Fantastic. Head out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. You can start a 30-day free trial membership and pick up The House of Discarded Dreams by Ekaterina Sedia, narrated by Robin Miles. All right, so let's, let's do the, the right way. Writing the other. How do we do this? Do you have, what, what are your suggestions? Um, well, a, a couple of different things. Uh, one, um, I, like, I'm, mar I'm married interracially. Okay. So I have an interracial family. Mm -hmm. And so we've been very conscious about um, raising our, because I have biracial kids and, mm -hmm. and Mary's met my kids and my kids aren't much darker than Mary. Okay. All right, which. <laughs> For those of you not watching the video feed, oh. I um, have been described as uh, frog belly white. <laughs> <laughs> Which again becomes problematic when you know my, yes. my second son. He was in utero, but I I, wanted, I I knew in my heart. Well, I named my first son after me. Mm -hmm. Wow, you're a lot lighter than I envisioned you. Um, <laughs> and then my second son, I named after a person here. I was named after Malcolm X. Uh huh. Before he came out blonde and blue eyed. So you know these. This is the world I grew up in. Um, Wait, what was the question before I derailed <laughs> how do you write myself? The other oh, how do you write the other? So, um, so and how, how do you write the other? So we've been very disciplined uh, and very conscientious about you know having a, a multicultural life that we lead. It, it factors into you know our circle of friends, our, our neighborhood we chose, the school we chose, the church we chose, um, because we wanted to have that that uh, various races and cultures around us at all times. And so, in doing that, a, a side benefit of that is I have the other around me. You know, I mean, and not just I get to, you know, draw from any culture, right. you know, willy nilly and to my own needs. No, I have relationships with people of other cultures. I know right. uh, people. And that's, that yeah. is one of the key. Th this is one of those places where, you know, we often talk about, you know, you don't need when you're writing fiction, if you need someone to be buried, you do not need to go and be buried yourself. Um, but this is one of those places where that rule is less true. Right. If you want to, writing the other, I mean, going and living for a little while in another country where you will be the other right. uh, can be very helpful. I mean, one of the problems with that is, like, I, I, lived, in, I lived in Korea for um, a couple of years, and, um, you know, I got to experience being the other. It was a very strange experience from, for a white boy from the Midwest, yep. um, and it, it was very eye-opening. The issue with that is, over there, I still had white privilege. Yes. So I was the other, but I was the other in a privileged position, and it's... it's I would ask you, it's really hard to get your mind around, you know, growing up white male in America, you know, you got privileges right and left. Wrapping your mind around how to just not have that is really hard for me. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice on that? Well, as, as you were saying that, it reminded me of the time when uh, me and my wife, we went to Jamaica for mm -hmm. my family reunion. And there, all of a sudden, that was the first time when she really, it really sunk in. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the other here, you know, because mm -hmm. it's all black faces all the time on in posters when you know when you go to the bank all the tellers are black you know so all of a sudden life is completely reversed and then she fell into the habit of what i what, which she had taken for granted when i walk into a room yes i'm gonna count how many black folks are in here mm -hmm. that's just reflex when she walked into the situation she's like oh there's only three of us like yeah welcome to our world now <laughs> um, and then and then she the thing that sold it most for me was when uh, some little girls ran up to her and said hey can i touch your hair and i was yes. like this is it you know, this is the, you know, you now have, you know, it's all those little details that you don't get that, you know, when you drop yourself into a new culture, now you suddenly see it from a whole different perspective. Um, for me, like when I was writing my series, uh, there was research that I had to do also, because it's not like, you know, I'm a middle-aged, insecure black guy, you know, 
if I'm stuck, if I don't write the other, that's all I'm writing about. Right. You know. Um, so in, in the story, I'm writing about you know local gangs. I'm here from here locally in Indianapolis, and so I'm you know, I have to do research on, on gang members and stuff. Uh, so when I'm going into gang areas, I learned a few things pretty quickly. One, if you show up with a notepad as people are trying to conduct their business, you will be confronted as the other fairly quickly. Issue number two, your wife will raise your insurance rates on you if you keep <laughs> going into you know, these gang-infested areas. Um, so part of how I do my research also then turns around and practically speaking is, you know, I go to YouTube and other forms of social media because I want to draw from primary sources as much as possible. And YouTube has been invaluable for me in terms of doing research, even on, you would think it wouldn't be helpful with gangs, but you'd be surprised how many gangs put like their initiations online for Lord knows what reason. But I am thankful to them for that because, you know, I, again, I get to draw from primary sources that way. Um, but then when I turn around and write a story set in ancient Africa, you know, practically speaking, you know, it's like, well, where do I start for something like that? Well, I'm going to go to museums. I'm going to find uh, any local uh, cl uh, clubs or charters or, or associations from that group that I can. And I'm going to go to their meetings. I'm going to talk to people as much as I can because I want to draw. I want to get into relationship with as many different people as, as possible. Uh, yeah, I think the, the key thing that we are, we're all kind of circling around here is that, that when you are writing the other whether it is a secondary world, other, or, or real, um, is that you should not assume that everyone is like you. Uh -huh. And that you should not assume that everyone comes from the same cultural background. Mm -hmm. You and know, um, I'm, I'm working with this in the next book I'm working on, the next story of my book. And um, one piece of advice that really hit home for me um, was the, the idea that if you're going to write the other, you need to make the otherness part of them, but not the focus of them. Right. Yes. Um, and if it be, when it becomes the focus, that's when you end up with right. these stereotypes and these yeah. tropes. And beyond that, if you're only going to put one, one in, you're going to make them a stereotype. One of the easiest way to write the other, I've found, is make sure you're putting two people. And this right. is, you know, you may say, hey, I write epic fantasy. It's all other world. Um, epic fantasy is just rife with this problem yes. where one person represents an entire culture yep. and they become a parody of themselves the further the story gets. Um, you know, yeah, all dwarves are like Gimli is what it turns into. And this is, this is really bad writing yeah. because it just gets boring. Yeah. It gets boring so quickly. The character has trouble, you know, even interacting because they just become a joke. Um, and the way to get around this is like, all right, I have to write two characters who are very different from the same yeah. culture. And then you start to get into this is a character. Right. This isn't just a race. Right. Yeah. Right. And I've run into that same problem. Even, you know, writing as a black guy, writing about black people, mm -hmm. I have that same hurdle to clear also because, you know, I can't, like, with my gang members, I can't have, if right. gang members are the only people who I'm writing about, then all of a sudden I'm saying, well, am I, or am I saying, right. well, all people are, black, are gang members? Right. right. You know, so I, right. I, I have to, you know, diversify even within race. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I have issues of race and issues of class that I, you know, wrestle with it in all my stories. One of the things that uh, I've, I, I live in White Bread, Utah, um, a.k.a. Orem. Um, and what I found is that uh, I, I love, I'm a foodie. Uh, I will go shopping for bulk spices often at the Latin American markets where instantly I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of people. Some of them are Mexican immigrants who are, uh, you know, immigrating. Some of them are uh, migrant workers. Some of them are just, you know, Latin American folk who happen to live in Utah County and like the same sorts of food I like. Um, and when I'm there, it is fun to ask myself the question, not how are these people different from me, 
but how are these people different from each other? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'll quietly shop and people watch at the same time. Uh, and it's and it's very eye-opening. And as I'm people watching, I'm reminding myself, uh, these people make different decisions than I do. They have different beliefs. They have different tastes. And for them, those things are right. Why? What is it that makes you believe or makes somebody else believe that the decisions they've made are right in their own lives? And I'm not saying I come up with answers by going shopping for taco seasoning, but... But it opens my mind a little bit so that I can ask those questions when I'm writing, and it helps shake stuff loose. Yeah. Um, Maurice, I'm afraid we're out of time. Oh, okay. I do want you to repeat the title of that book that is King Arthur in... Um, <laughs> and, 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 I, I wonder, what, is, what is that book again? It's uh, The Knights of Breton Court. Uh, that's the name of the series. And it's uh, Kingmaker, King's Justice, and King's War okay. are, the, are the three books in the trilogy. And I can, I can recommend them. They're not on Audible, which is why they weren't with the book of the week, but they sound awesome. Thank and you. so, um, what do you want to use the magical rag neck as our writing prompt? Yeah. You have another one. Um, well, that's a good one. Uh -huh. uh, although the other one I, I, I think of also is all right, so you're on a, a sidewalk and you're walking down the street. It's late at night. There are three black males, young black males at that, uh, approaching you from the, on the sidewalk, same sidewalk, right from their perspective. All right. This has been Ryan Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go right. Wow. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.